This is a Voice It podcast. I'm KLG and each episode I'll bring to you different stories from business people across the UK on It's Your Business. Everyone has a story to tell. Why not voice it? Voiceitpodcastagency.co.uk In this series, we deliberately use equipment that you might already have in your business, ensuring that you have the opportunity to make your very own business podcast. More about that on my website. Hello and welcome to this episode of It's Your Business with me, KLG. And in my studio this week, I have Lee Irving and he is from Stress-Free Life Coaching. Hello. Now, I recently met Lee at um, an awakening event and it was a great event. But what fascinated me about Lee's story was that he now coaches males, which we need to be doing in this day and age. It's getting more prevalent that males want to chat. But he also had a very, very different job prior to training as a coach. So, Lee, let's just go back. When you left school, what did you want to be? What did I want to be? Do you know what? I remember having my uh, interview, what do they call it, options, when options came around at school. And I was taken into the office and chatted with the guy. And do you know, I really had no idea. But at that time, I already had an offer. And this is the offer that I took, which was to go and work with my my father. So my mum and dad had split up uh, when I was 12. And my dad now lived on the south coast uh, of England. And he had offered, if I wanted to, if I was interested to go and work with him. Now, he was a carpet fitter, floor layer. And, when, you know, when he offered that, I just thought, yeah, because I didn't really feel I had any other real choices going for me. I, you know, I grew up in a small village outside of Keswick in the Lake District, so there wasn't a lot happening there. And I guess I thought to myself, it's either I do that or I stay here in Braithwaite, Keswick. And I'll probably end up married in my early 20s with a family and doing a very mediocre job. And you know, live a very mediocre life. And then all of a sudden I had this opportunity, if you like, to go and live a very potentially different life in a different part of the country, which I knew because we used to go and visit my dad, obviously, in holidays. Uh, and it all seemed really exciting. So whether I really wanted to be a carpet fitter or not didn't seem to come into the equation much. Um, it was just an opportunity to escape, get go somewhere new, uh, have different life experiences. So I took that offer. So when I had the interview with the um, the options person, that was already in my head. Um, I just said, I'm just going to go and do this. And I remember he said to me, I don't know how he knew this, I guess they had medical stuff. He said, it says here you have your struggle with asthma. And I said, all right, yeah. He said, I think that'll be a problem, don't you? You know, working with carpets on the floor and everything. And I, just, I don't know why it stuck in my head that they, or he'd come out with it with this fairly negative comment about asthma, but that's what happened. It's funny, isn't it? Because back then when you took your options, and I still think probably now, I think we're too young to know. Yeah, you got a golden opportunity. I think at that time, um, if, if you got a trade, it was like go and get a trade. You know, yes, go and get yeah. a trade. And we all thought, oh, if we've got a trade behind us, we can fall back on it, no matter what it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, I used to hear the same things. You know, it's always good to have a trade that you can fall back on, and that's something that, uh, that I remember people saying to me, you know, way back then as well. So 
Well, everyone says that. Now it's like go to university or go and yeah. get work experience. Then it was like going to something you can get a trade because you can fall back. And again, it was all that negativity, wasn't it? When you think about it, you can fall back to this as if you're mm. going to fall at some point. Yes, as if something's it's all going to go wrong. So you've got this to fall back onto, yeah. Yeah, it was never positive. So you went to be a carpet fitter. So how long did you do that? Well, a long time. So I was 16 when I left school and I went down and I was straight into it. So from leaving school, I was straight into a full-time job, um, five days a week, sometimes six, worked every other Saturday. So it was a big shock to the system because it was very, you know, it's very physical work. So yeah, it was it was quite the eye-opener. So I was 16 then and I, I stopped fully when I was 40. But there, there were other breaks in between, of course, times where I stopped doing it and tried something else. So I went into um, printed circuit board manufacturing for a little while, just because I knew somebody and they offered me a position. And I, I also worked still in still in the sort of flooring industry. I did other things. So I worked in a shop, um, sales person in the shop, and then I moved into uh, commercial sales. So selling flooring for sort of industrial units right, and shops and things like that, rather than uh, for domestic homes. But then I always ended up back. What we what we say the terms used in the industry is back on back on our knees. So that's when you're actually getting out there doing the work and fitting the floor in. I always seem to end, end up back there at some yeah. point. Forty when I stopped, and I had said when I was quite young actually, I said I'm going to quit when I'm forty. I'm going to quit this job because once you go beyond forty, that's when you start really damaging yourself physically. You know, your knees potentially don't recover. Your back, you know, just doesn't really um, recover that well. So. Um, it's one of the few things that I've ever said that I've actually ever stuck to. And it was kind of forced on me um, when I got to 40 because we were in, we, I think we'd hit yet another recession be just over 10 years ago now. And quite a big store that I did a lot of work for closed down and that was a big blow to me. So I lost, you know, two or three full days work that I had to try and find again from other sources. And I just thought, I just can't do that again. Um, I thought, this is it. This is the time. I said I was going to quit when I was about this age. So I'm, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to retrain. And do something else. So why coaching? What made you think, I'm quitting, I'm retraining, but I want to go into coaching and specifically men? Is there a story behind that? Well, there is. So initially it wasn't that. That that came later. So I maybe have to add a little bit of perspective here. Um, so what happened was we'd had my, my son, who's now 12, uh, around about that time as well. Now, as with a lot of people who work in the helping industry, if you like, you know, um, counsellors, um, psychotherapists, uh, coaches or whatever, you often, you might have heard the phrase, the healer, the, sorry, the wounded healer. Some people who have been through struggles themselves and have required help and needed help and have reached out and had help, they've then decided, you know, I want to do this too. And, and that's, that is really my story. So the backstory is to all of this, which I, I won't spend too much time on, but growing up as a child, um, was quite hard in our family you know my dad wasn't um wasn't brilliant you know it was a lot of domestic violence uh, that both my sister and myself um lived through as kids and we both struggled with mental health um as a result of um, what we experienced as kids so the perspective this is given is that two or three times from my adult life i had to go you know i had to go and seek some help um, i needed counseling i needed uh, psychotherapy of some sort of therapy and I probably had two bouts of therapy once in my late 20s and another time in my early 30s. And I was doing really, really well. And then my son was born and 
turned out that um, having a baby in the house, especially the crying uh, of the baby, was a, was a bit of a trigger for me. And it brought a lot of stuff back. And I ended up having to reach out for help again. And this was actually the biggest stretch of therapy I ever had. I was actually in uh, counselling for over two years. Because of the reason why I was in, because it regarded my family and my son, I knew I had to really, really stick in it at this time and really make some changes. So I stayed in and uh, yeah, it was, it was at least two years. And in fact, it only really ended because we moved away from the area uh, and I, it was just going to be too big a distance to travel to continue seeing this uh, particular therapist. But he, he had the desired effect. You know, I got a lot of help uh, from this guy. And and this all coincided with the work ending and me deciding that I wanted to quit um, quit the flooring trade. And it was actually my wife who said to me, uh, because I used to read an awful lot of self-help books as well. I mean, I've, got, I've still got the library full of self-help books. And she's, you know, she, you know, you're so interested in all of this self, you've got all these self-help books and the therapy. Why don't you consider doing that? And I sort of looked at her and I was about to say, you know, I could almost feel it percolating up. I'm, don't be ridiculous. You know, how could I, because I'm, the, you know, I've always thought of myself or I used to think of myself uh, as the person who left school with no qualifications. I mean, I did. Um, but that was a very negative view I had of myself. I said, how can I ever achieve anything in life because I left school with no qualifications? And this was all sort of, this almost came up again. Well, don't be ridiculous. How could I do that? But I didn't. I stopped it and I thought about it for a moment. And I thought, do you know what? Yeah, I quite like the sound of that. And I can see myself doing that. So, um, yeah, a lot of the uh, thanks for that goes to my wife, actually. So we had a look online to see what was available. And we found a 10-week introduction to counselling course being run in Kendall where I live and signed up for that and unfortunately that fell through they contacted me a couple of weeks before it was due to start and said it wasn't running after all uh, due to lack of interest and I was really really surprised how disappointed I was so we looked again and we found something else it was through adult education and it was being run a little bit further away from me in uh, near Carlisle but it was a, a level two course which really is supposed to do the level one which I was due to do as a prerequisite to do a level two. So we got in touch with them, got in touch with the tutor. She rang me up, had a chat with her and said, this is what happened. This is why I want to do it. And anyway, she allowed me onto the course straight in at level two. So this was a year, years long uh, part-time course, which would give me uh, a level two qualification in counselling skills. So I did that and I really enjoyed it. Um, I completed the course and passed. So at the end of that, we were then given the option to move on to a level three or even a level four. And a level four diploma is enough. Um, it's sort of the minimum qualification you need to actually practice as a, as a counsellor psychotherapist. That was a two-year part-time course. Um, so I signed up for it. Wow. And uh, I got myself a part-time job at, um, at a brewery, actually, in Kendall, uh, just to tie me over and keep a little bit of money coming in. And... Uh, so I worked at the brewery part-time and the rest of the time I was just studying and, and cracking on with the course. And two years later, I was a qualified counsellor. So that's where it started. And that would be roughly 10 years ago now. And that got me into the whole mental health field because I started, I did my, you have to do a placement when you're training to be a counsellor, 100 hours. Um, and I did the majority of that with a local mental health charity, Mind. And everyone knows Mind. Yeah. South Lakes Mind. So once I was qualified, I carried on there as a... Um, counsellor and but then also I got a job there helping run and manage the whole counselling service 
Um, so I was assistant counselling coordinator. Yeah, yeah, so that started paying as well. So although I was volunteering to do the counselling, I was actually getting paid by those guys as well. And it got a lot, you know, really important experience from that, you know, working in the mental health field. Uh, and then I had my own private practice here in Kendall, uh, Inner Peace Counselling, that was called. And yeah, and I did that for roughly 10 years. Uh, and then that, that led on to the coaching because... Towards the end of the time I spent counselling, I started to feel that there was more to what people needed than just the psychological, emotional that I was working on. Um, although I knew I was doing great things and helping a lot of people, I wasn't fully satisfied anymore. And I knew that there was a lot of other areas that we could be looking at that weren't really in the field of psychotherapy. And I'm talking about um, you know, movements, you know, physical movement, to talk about nutrition. And also called spirituality, um, because I was becoming quite interested in that as well. And that was something else we didn't really didn't really get talked about in the you know in the psychotherapy uh, arena. So all of these things have sort of um, come into my attention. I started, started to notice I was feeling a bit dissatisfied with where I was. But I felt a bit niched, a bit pigeonholed. So it was at that time that I started searching for an organisation that offered some kind of coaching, which brought all these elements together, which I soon found in the Czech Institute. Uh, so I trained, I started training again uh, to be a holistic lifestyle coach with the Czech Institute. So I completed my HLC one and then went straight on and completed my HLC two, so holistic lifestyle coaching level two. And that allowed me to combine everything. So all my counseling, psychotherapy training and experience, uh, all this new training, which covers all of these different realms, nutrition, movement, spiritual and everything. And that's when I felt complete. That's when I thought, this is it. This is where I want to be. I've now got what I consider to be the full toolbox uh, that I wanted to work with. So just as I finished all that training, COVID came along and uh, it's almost that perfect timing again. And it pretty much wiped out my whole client list with my private practice uh, as a counsellor uh, because I couldn't see my clients face to face and only two of them were willing to move over to Zoom wow. um, so I continued going with those last two clients and then I made the decision again you know to stop and to quit and to relaunch and that's what I did so I stopped I closed down the inner peace counselling business and set myself up once more reborn again mm -hmm. as the stress-free life coach which which is where I am now and where I am today so do you feel that the stress-free life coaching is where you're meant to be, that you've trained as a counsellor and a coach, and they are two very different things. You're using this holistic approach, bringing in all the things that people are now talking about, like you say, health, lifestyle, movement, spirituality, all these things that are the in thing. And I guess in a few years, if you wanted to rebrand, there'll be something else coming in. <laughs> <I'm sure>. <laughs> <laughs> something else new. But you can offer that holistic approach. So why is it men? So yeah, this is another interesting story because I, I had no idea. I hadn't even considered really when I was doing the training to be the coach, where I was going to kind of aim my cross as it were, in terms of finding clients. But one thing that had always interested me as a counsellor was that approximately, I'd say 70% of my clients were, were women. Uh, and that was always really interesting to me because it certainly wasn't because it's only women needed the help. We all know if we look at the um, statistics out there um, that certainly guys between the age of 40 and 50 at the moment by far the highest suicide rate. So it certainly wasn't that the guys out there didn't need the help. 
But what became quite clear to me is the fact that they're just less willing to reach out for the help. And this is where I started getting interested in the whole um, vulnerability elements of it, the masculine and the feminine energies. So it's, of course, it's the feminine energies which allow us to reach out for help and because that, that's where all the nurturing energies are you know they're looking after ourselves the introspection um and all of that kind of thing is all in the feminine energy and a lot of guys out there aren't too willing to move into their feminine energy even though they have it and they kind of shy away from it they don't want to show they don't want to be vulnerable that's not what guys are guys are tough and they have a stiff upper lip and they look after themselves and they sort their own problems out well they don't but they don't so I made that connection. So I thought, right, well, I know there's all these guys out there who do need the help, but they're not reaching out for the help and because they're stuck in the masculine energy and it's hard for them to get to the feminine energy where they're vulnerable enough to do the work, etc. So I started to feel drawn to that, even though it's potentially going to be a lot harder for me to find my clients that I really wanted to work there because there was a gaping hole. It's not just a, finite, a gaping hole to for me to make more money or anything like that. It's, it's a hole that that needs to be attended to you know this is this big gap where the guys are just being left behind you know they're not getting the help they need but on the back of that also i've worked with a few sort of psychics and things like that just to help me you know find out my, my way forward and i was told uh, by a lady who uh, i worked with that this this came through from my spirit guides that i'm here to work with men i'm here to help the men raise their consciousness and you know find their way up into the next level of consciousness where we are all going to. And I thought, well, that's interesting because obviously I've been thinking about all that kind of thing. And then possibly about a year, maybe even what, 18 months after that, I was working with another one and the same thing was confirmed. I was told again. It was like I was being reminded. And I said to this particular lady, that's funny, I was told that about 18 months ago that I was here to work with men. And she said, well, I think you need to see this as a bit of a kick up the arse then. <laughs> it's told again. But it's, I think it's getting the marketing right, isn't it? Being able to reach those guys. I mean, you look like a very sort of masculine guy that, that probably the stereotypical view of somebody who wouldn't reach out, but you reached out. So I think more of storytelling for you has got to be something that you should be doing more of. Yeah, I agree. You know, I'm quite happy to do that. I'm, I'm, I don't mind getting, you know, standing up and talking to people. You know, I'm, I'm, or people tell me that I'm quite a good public speaker. I'm not saying I don't get nervous, but I'm quite happy to stand up in front of people and talk about uh, what I do and, you know, talk about my stories, you know, of how I got here. And, and you're right, you know, that is a great way of drawing, you know, these guys out. If they can say, well, if he did it, and, and you're quite right, they can look at me and I probably do look like, you know, your typical masculine guy, I'm, you know, I'm about 14 stone and, you know, I'm fairly well built, you know, Um so, you know, I suppose I kind of fit that criteria of, you you know, your big tough guy. Man, I'm absolutely, absolutely fine stepping into my feminine energy and reaching out and asking for help when I need it. And I do go, you know, inside and, and, and uh, explore what's going on for me. You know, I sit in meditation every day and, you know, I do all of these things and it's helped me immensely. Yeah, I sit in meditation. I find it really useful. But again, men, a lot of men feel as if that's a bit namby-pamby don't they i think more and more people are jumping on this spirituality bus and and the bus that takes <laughs> them to a better life which is getting the coaching and support that they need you yeah. know mm -hmm. um, and and i'm loving seeing that and i'm glad that you you're actually doing that 
for men and that your story has gone so well from on your knees to <laughs> taking people off their knees off really their knees. yeah I like that yeah yeah you know you're letting them stand in their own lives because it's awful when you're in that position now you don't just do that though do you because it seems to me like you're off doing all sorts once you get the bit between your teeth you're off and you also do corporate events now along with your wife is that right that's right yeah so um my wife and i run a corporate events company called c events that's estably um my wife started that about 15 years ago now. I wasn't, I wasn't initially involved because um, I was still on my knees uh, 15 <laughs> years ago. Um, but it's it's an industry she'd been in for years before that. And over, over the years, really, I've just become more and more involved with it. Uh, so I started helping out on the odd, odd day just as a freelance instructor, just another member of staff to the point where, you know, sometimes, you know, now I'll go and manage events. If we've got more than one on in a day, Michaela will go and manage one, I'll go and manage the other. So yes, I have that going on in the background. And then about five years ago now, whilst I was still a counsellor, we had the idea about creating a wellbeing arm to see events, uh, corporate wellbeing. Uh, so that was launched about five years ago. And that, that's me, really, that's solely me. Uh, I run that. So we offer corporate workshops, half-day, full-day workshops, full-day weekend retreats, uh, and a wellbeing programme, which is where I'll come in on a monthly basis for about five months and look at really really look closely at the different elements that i mentioned before and it's all about i focus the work on my well-being events on stress uh, because i see stress as the etiology or the root cause of all the other issues that uh, businesses are, are having i mean there's a lot of talk obviously about mental health in the workplace and it's a great thing that there is a lot of talk about that but for me i like to go a little bit further a little bit deeper and say well what's causing these mental health problems and what we get to is, is stress basically so yeah in in the uh, business year 21 to 22 17 million work days in the uk were lost due to stress and stress-related illness and it isn't just mental illness it's physical illness as well yeah. chronic stress um has a devastating effect on our bodies because it affects pretty much every part of our body uh, in a negative way so over time chronic stress we really are doing doing serious damage to ourselves so i base my work around stress so i start every workshop that i do with a half hour presentation where i really um psychoeducation we call it i i really explain um to the delegates what stress is why we have a stress response at all you know why we did why we feel stressed and also what's going on in our bodies on a physiological level when we're feeling stressed and the reason i do that is because i believe that then when we go on to the rest of the uh, more experiential elements, so when I teach breathing techniques and we go out and do some nature connection and a little a bit of mindfulness, perhaps meditation, they have more of an understanding of why we're doing that. Yeah. So I've been on wellbeing things before where we say, right, and we, you know, we said, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And it's all very nice. And we do a bit of yoga and we do a little bit of mindfulness, maybe a sound bath, and you leave and you feel all relaxed and everything. But then you get home and you get back to the normal uh, run of life and get all caught up in stuff again and it just becomes a distant memory and you're right back where you were the day before you went and I believe the reason for that often is because if they don't really understand how or why these things that they're doing are actually having an effect so they're less likely to carry on doing them when they get home so I do this half hour psychoeducation so then as we're doing things later on I can say so the reason why this breathing technique works is because if you remember what I talked about the nervous system it's doing this and that and they're like oh right okay so I'll get that now 
So then I believe they're more likely to then take these techniques and skills and tools uh, away with them and carry on doing them. And that's what we want at the end of the day. I think you're absolutely right. Education first, not in a boring death by PowerPoint for the whole day and then you get a half hour walk at lunchtime. But people need to understand what it's actually doing for the bodies. And I love that more and more businesses are bringing in people like you and Mm. saying, do you know what? A day of that, a month, for example, is actually saving our sickness bill and our company X amount of money. Because stress manifests itself in different ways with different people. And I think that's the problem with stress. Sometimes it's mental health, physical health. You know, everyone is so different, aren't they? Absolutely, yeah. And the other thing is that you often hear is um, the term work-related stress. And that's something else that I try to clear up. It doesn't necessarily have to be work-related stress. Stress is stress. I mean, you could have the best job in the world and absolutely love work and still be stressed out because of your home life. Yeah. It doesn't have to be work-related stress. It's just life-related stress. But we still need to tackle it because you can have a stressful situation at home, whether it's relational or financial, whatever it might be. You're still taking it into work. You can't just turn it off. Absolutely. And if, you, if it is work-related stress, then, of course, equally, you're taking it home with you because you can't just turn it off. So it's life-related stress, not work-related stress that you need to be looking at. So you've now got this toolbox with everything in it to help everybody to help all the guys that are going to come to you for their stress-free life coaching Mm -hmm. and for corporate businesses. Do you feel you've now got your own toolbox sorted out? Are you okay? Do you still look after yourself? I do look after myself, but yes, sometimes I do drop the ball because I'm looking at other things, I'm looking at this, that and the other, and then I suddenly realise, actually, I'm pretty stressed out here. I need to go and do something about this, so... The good thing is I know exactly what to do. I know what works for me because you're quite right in saying stress um, is different in different people and different techniques work better with different people. So for me, all I need to do is get myself out in nature. I just need to go outside, go out for a walk, uh, get into the woods, hug a tree for a little bit. (laughs) Um, Or cold water is another big one for me. I like like jumping in freezing cold water. I'm a bit of a madman for that. Uh, But these are the things that that work for me uh, really well. I mean, as I say, I meditate every day anyway but yeah quick meditation can often help in order to meditate well you need to be able to quiet down the mind so this can you know, get yourself in a sort of catch-22 situation that you're feeling stressed and you want to meditate to relieve the stress but you can't meditate because your head's your brain's just not letting you you know relax enough but yeah different things for different people stress is and of itself isn't a bad thing and uh, we can't get rid of it and we don't want to get rid of it because it actually helps us that's why it's there so yeah we all get it but it's just about awareness awareness it's the first you know it's the first point of change so lee if anyone wants to get in touch with you how do they do that where are you and how can they find out more about what you do okay so for my coaching um i have a website stressfreelifecoach.co.uk yeah just head over and have a look at my website there's a contact form on there they want to drop me a line and my phone number's on there as well or they can just give me give me a call or send me a message whatever I don't mind uh, how they want to reach out for the well-being by C events um, again the website there is c events that's s double hyphen events.co.uk uh, and that's both the um, team building and the and the well-beings all on one uh, on one website brilliant well thank you so much for speaking to me today well thanks for the opportunity Kath it's been great 
Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want to know more about me or my business, or you want to start your very own podcast, contact me at voiceitpodcastagency.co.uk. I'll see you next time.